The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. We are here 9 a.m. in the morning, 11 a.m. Central Time. But we are back on the tennis courts in Oxnard, California, as Cowboys training camp continues. We have two padded practices down. We've got a couple more to go before the Cowboys take on the Jaguars next Saturday in preseason game number one. Alongside John Machota, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Good news is we all survived the media party last night, and we're here. But the even better news is that we are here, and we're able to talk some Cowboys today. Nick, that was your first experience pretty good yeah pretty solid can't yeah. complain one bit yeah. <laughs> good food good company and of course a couple drinks in there as well we had a, a miller light or two while we were out there so that was always a lot of fun I need but a black rifle rtd right now that was exactly that's why we're here I need let's just RT- say it that way can we have that request can we request listen here black rifle we need y'all to send us some didn't take RTDs, us very long okay? for the first yeah. isaiah standback sponsorship ready to here. drink if y'all don't know what rtd is that's ready to drink that means it comes in a can they sent us some last year kyle yeah it was really good i think it would be perfect if we had a, a shipment sent down here to the camp <laughs> so that every morning we could have our RTD Black Rifle coffee. What do you think? I agree. I agree 100%. The, it, this is a thing, John. Just get used to it. Just every once it, in a while, stand back. He just looks into the one-shot camera, yeah, and he just it, decides to make a pitch to I one of those sponsors. It happened with Essilor. It happened with all the different sponsors along the way. I don't even know if I can say their name yet but or <laughs> anymore. But Quaker Oats, it'll happen at some point. Like, yeah, it, it, it's always a thing. He's a, he's a bro. He is a pro. He's a pro's pro. All right. Uh, like I said, two padded practices down. I want to get first impressions on, on how – they've looked how the team has looked through those two padded practices but first I want to do uh, it's kind of like news and notes for those that listened to the show last year I would give it to Patrick and Patrick would give news and notes before that Rob was really big on it but I want to split it up I want everybody to give me one talking point we kind of did it on Monday where it's one one storyline that's really stuck out to you but I'm going to call them talking points I just have a better name for it now since it is talking Cowboys but John I'll let you start it off what's the number one thing on your mind I mean, I'm not going to say that this should be everybody's number one thing, but for me personally, it's really been the offensive line and developing anybody behind that starting five. I know we talked about it the other day, but especially with Zach Martin not being out here, that's my one area of concern is the depth of that offensive line because I do believe that if they can develop some depth there, that it can it can just fill a lot of holes, answer a lot of questions, everything can click because of that. So, you know, kind of it's just tough out here because – they're going against a loaded defensive line. And so it's, you know, I want to come away from these practices and share a bunch of stuff of like, no, this guy did this. and The defensive line looks monstrous. So it's like you, you I'm really looking forward to the preseason games to kind of gauge, okay, where are these, some of these guys like Farniak and Josh Ball and, and well, let's go against some of those guys. But that to me, like when I look at the roster, I, I, I'm always going back to the offensive line. What do you think, Nick, on that regard? On the offensive line regard, yeah. yeah, the depth worries me for sure. Um, you know, I, I don't feel too comfortable if, if Zach Martin is not on the field on week one. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable if he is and then an injury happens somewhere down the line. Yeah. So, uh, like like we've talked about, I think that's the only position group you can really look at and be like, okay, that's a bit of a concern in the depth. Isaiah? He gives me the bubble guts, Kyle. Mm. Yeah, it gives me the bubblies. You know, so you ever had like something that just doesn't sit right? Uh, they're not settled. I've got that feeling right now. You got it right now? You got the bubblies? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys see Kyle, just lean up on one side. Y'all know what to take place. Uh, yeah, it's just it's unsettling right now. And I, I am not only just because of, of Zach, Zach Martin's uh, absence, but also because of the aspect of they're just moving a lot of guys around. Yeah. And we get it. You know, you got to protect Tyron. We, we get it. T. Steele's coming off an injury. You know, we get it. Martin's not here. But, like, we as, you know, analysts, we don't have anything to really rest on right now. And that's why these preseason games are going to be so influential and so, you know, so just prevalent because we need to know what are their, what's their game plan. Because right now it doesn't feel as if there is one, even though we know mm-hmm. there is. Um, 
It's, it's, it's like it's like a crap game right now, man. Just roll the dice and you're kind of seeing what's, what falls. If you could point at any position group to be the kryptonite on this team, is there? it's a runaway favorite. Yeah, it's no doubt in my favorite. mind. It would be offensive line. Does it make you feel any better, though, the fact that they are going up against the defensive line that is so loaded, <laughs> is so deep, and, and, and they have that, that talent level to where – and Mike McCarthy talked about it the other day where it's, it's almost an iron sharpens iron mentality where the offensive line, like, like John said, it's no doubt like they're struggling, but – they're going up against one of the best defensive fronts in football. Does that provide at least a little bit of comfort in that situation? Oh, yeah, no, it does. They're going to get great work, and that's the other thing. Like, a lot of people might look at it as, well, they need to go out there and go add somebody, add one of these, you know, a veteran free agent that you can maybe get on the cheap to help out at guards. Yeah, that could potentially happen, but it's kind of like the running back, the backup running back spot. They want to be able to see. Mike McCarthy wants to be able to see, yeah. like, what are these guys capable Correct. of? This is the time when you can see it. Correct. Let's see if we can develop somebody right now. This is the time to do it. So while we sit here and, and have questions about it, it could be going to them is the plan exactly. Mm. And, and it, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly on that. I, I do believe that they have a game plan and they have a backup to the backup. Yeah. And they have a backup to the backup to the backup. Yeah. Um, as we've seen over the past years, they've always had a game plan in that regard. And they are. This is the time where you find out what your guys can and can't do. And I just can't wait for those preseason games to show up because you know that Tyron's your left tackle, right? Well, if Tyron's not your left tackle, who's your left tackle? Well, I'm bumping Tyler, right? Well, behind Tyler, who is it? Mm, well, that's what they're playing around with right now. You know, if they find themselves in that, in, that, in that situation, they need to know what their capabilities are. And I'm not sure that we feel very holistically confident in that right now. The guard position is going to be something else. Are they going against really great talent? Absolutely. The defense line is absolutely they're, they're freaking juggernauts out there. It's positive in the light that you get to go against high-caliber talent. It's negative in the sense if you don't get an opportunity to see what these guys are truly capable of because they're getting their butts kicked often, you know. So yep. it's a it's a give and take, you know, when they go out there and they have preseason, oh, okay, this is going to be easier. And, yeah, they'll perform better than what we've seen out here at practice because of the caliber of talent. But at the same time, I don't know how effectively these coaches can really judge the production of the players when they're getting smacked up left and right by this amazing D-line. One thing I just want to add real quick on that, it's also a part for me because there is – changes on offense with bringing in Brian Schoenheimer with Mike McCarthy calling the plays they talk about getting the play in early to Dak if I'm a coach I don't want Dak going up there and the very first thing he's worried about is like is this offensive line going to be whole he's got so much on his plate you know with dissecting what is what's the defense doing right now like I need him to be as confident as possible in that offensive line in front of him when we were talking the other day about the west coast style and the west coast Mm -hmm. concepts and and making it simple on Dak post-snap does it make it harder on deck pre-snap walking up to the line of scrimmage, especially whenever there is an added element of okay, let's let's make sure I get blocked for this play. <laughs> but but is there an added? It, it just not 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 concern. I don't want to say concern. But is there an added pressure on him going up to the line of scrimmage to to be able to read and to be able to diagnose quicker and better because everything happens so quick after the snap? I don't. Had it been last year's system, I would say yes. But being at the West Coast system is a quick release get the ball out of your hands quickly type of uh, setting yeah this offensive line isn't going to have to hold their blocks for a you know for an expanded duration of time nothing like last year usually you know from a quarterback's perspective if I'm under the center it's three-step game majority of this passing game is three steps three-step game or play action um I'm not saying there's not five and seven steps. There is, but majority of it is three steps. Getting it out your hands quickly. Your receivers are getting about five to seven yards. Your tight ends are getting about five to seven yards down the field. You always have a short option. You always have an intermediate option around 10 to 12 yards, which your receivers get there. That's your five-step read. Uh, it's really going to be like your second option. So you have a three-step read, you have a five-step read, and then you have a, hey, just get rid of it or take off read. Um, so I don't foresee them having to hold their blocks, which is place to their benefit. You don't need a bunch of absolute dogs up yeah. there to hold the, hold the ground all day long. But for those instances, you still need a solid offensive line, and I think that the Dallas Cowboys will have that. Right now, we're just looking at the second and third strings and trying to figure out, okay, if these scenarios that have presented themselves over the recent years, you know, obviously show back up, who's going to be the one that rises to the top? You know, that's kind of a double-edged sword, though, because uh, while it does help you, uh, I guess a bad offensive line never helps you, but I guess (laughs) it's it's better to have whenever you have a quick-release game and a Mm quick-release offense. 
you have to get the running game facilitated in That's some way too. And yeah. if, if you can't get that with the offensive line, that could happen if you know Zach doesn't show up and an injury happens. You know that that's that's when we start seeing a doomsday option on that offensive line. But I am glad you brought up that defensive line point because that mm-hmm. was something I was thinking yesterday. Whenever this defensive line, the first two days through pads were just obliterating everything up front, and uh, I was thinking in the back of my head, I don't play many video games, Kyle, but I do play 2K and Madden a lot. Okay. Whenever I buy the, the the game, the new game every year, my my goal is to get to the Hall of Fame or the All Madden level. And every year, even though I, I know it's dumb, I start on that level and I'm like, okay, this is too hard. I need to work my way up. I feel like that's what's happening with the offensive line right now. They're starting <laughs> on the Hall of Fame. They're starting on the All Madden. They need to f- somehow figure out how to work back to like veteran or pro and kind of work their way up because it's 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 not looking great right now. <laughs> you get your footing. I like that. That's good. I mean, let's get to the All Pro level, the, and then you get to the Hall of Fame level, and then we can push and we can keep on. Rolling. And that's what we're really hooping. Yeah, that's yeah, what we're really hooping. Real big time. Uh, all right, so that's talking point number one. Nick, what was your talking point? Uh, the running back two situation. You know, I don't, I don't feel like there's a ton of clarity in that in that department. You know, Mike McCarthy did provide, um, you know, a little bit of confidence in Rico Dowdle and Malik Davis earlier this week. But, you know, with Ronald Jones' suspension, I think that's, that throws another kind of wrench in this conversation. And, um, you know, Ronald Jones is the guy in that room who, you know, has a little bit of a different skill set. He has a different experience level than everyone in that group. So, you know, not having him in the first two games, you know, how does that affect his roster mm-hmm. status even? So um, I, I think that's going to be a position group that sees a a lot of fluidity through the preseason um, you know I think it is too early to kind of tell who exactly is going to come up and take that RB2 spot uh, but I think preseason is going to really determine a lot there yeah whenever you get the pads clack- clicking and clacking a little bit I mean yep. even out here they're they're touching the hips like they're playing two-hand touch here that, that's, that's ultimately what it is not in the offense and the defensive line and, and there, there's a little bit of a pop but you, you keep them upright and that's different whenever you're a running back because you got to find a way to, to, to blow through it absolutely and I love Deuce Vaughn do not get me wrong but there, there's a couple of these like spin arounds bounce off guys where like he'd be getting flattened so yeah. I, I, I want to see him do that in the preseason be able to bounce guys off that are actually trying to tackle him but, the, but this bouncing off and spinning, though, is great for the, the video. Oh, 100%. <laughs> our, our social engagement's yeah. been fantastic. John. That part's been great. Keep doing that, Deuce. Yeah, we like come that. Come on, Deuce. Bring John's it to us. John's sitting here like, all right, sweet, sweet, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Deuce, Oh, yeah, deuce, yeah. Deuce. No, do that somersaulting again. Come on, come on. People keep love on, it. Keep rolling. Yeah. Dak jump, jumping over the line and getting two-hand touch from behind. Yeah. I think he would have scored that that touchdown anyways. Everybody's right, kind of right. – I was right in front of the – it was the Dak design run in practice yeah, yeah. on Tuesday, and J. Ron Curse is behind him, and he got him on the hip. I was like, I don't know if Curse makes that play because if that's a game, Dak is extended, and he is getting to the goal line. Like, that, he's done that so many different times. So. I think me and Isaiah have talked about it. How great was it to see a read option again? Yeah. I feel like I haven't seen that from this offense in a while. <laughs> Been a couple RPOs in there. Yeah. there were there were a couple yeah. at the goal line yesterday. He hit Jake Ferguson on one where it was a it was a read option, and he immediately hit the tight yeah. end in the flat, and it was a wide open touchdown. Love on that. The goal RPO, line. baby. Love that. RPO is not a bad deal. What's your talking point, Isaiah? I have to agree. I think the running back situation, aside from the offensive line, that's my next my next box that I feel like they need to check. I'm not. I'm not 100% confident, but it's also a position group that you can go out there and grab somebody late and be okay. So I think that they have the time on their side to get to these preseason games and find out exactly what they have. I also have full boat of confidence in Malik Davis and Rico Dowd. Although, I mean, those guys, I know everybody's talking about Deuce because he's a, he's a newest addition and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a smaller guy, you know, electrifying, all that jazz. But the guys that have been here, those guys, those guys are good. Those guys are really good, and I have full confidence in them, and I know this coaching staff does as well because they have shown trustworthy. It was interesting to hear Mike McCarthy after that one press conference a few days ago when he was asked specifically what of that second group, uh, the next running backs, stood out to you. And I'll be honest, I did not expect him to say Rico Dowdle first. It it kind of surprised me, you know. And so that was obviously intriguing, but – and then talking to Mike McCarthy yesterday after the press conference is over, he was asked about Ezekiel, well, Ezekiel Elliott and why he wouldn't, uh, they don't want to go that direction right now. And he talked about how, like we said with the offensive line, wanting to see out here, wanting to see in the preseason games what you have with some of the younger guys. But the name has to stay until Ezekiel Elliott signs elsewhere mm-hmm. because the owner and general manager will not close that door on Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. You have to keep that as a possibility that he could be returning to the Cowboys. I don't know if that happens or not, but... You can't close the door on that right now. What do you think the percentage is? Hmm. That Ezekiel Elliott suits up week one. For me, it's gone up in the last two days. Wow. Interesting. I would agree. Who do you think would, would... I'm not saying it's a high percentage. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying it's gone sure, up. it's just gone up a little <laughs> yeah. bit. But you, who, who do you think would close that door first? 
do you think it would be the front office or do you think it'd be Zeke's party that would close that door first? I think it, right now it would have to be Zeke's party because I think it's been made known to his party kind of where the Cowboys are financially mm-hmm. for, you know, a, a, they're not looking to pay like a number one. You know, that's in the offseason, everyone would bring up like the Dalvin Cook stuff like yeah. all the time. I'm just like, that's just not a price point that they're not, they're going to, you know, they're more into the Leonard Fournette type of like, you know, if they don't find the right guy out here, then you don't have to spend a ton and bring a guy in. So I think if his dollar amount was willing to come down, then I think that would be the, the thing there. Um, okay. But I don't know outside of, you know, the, the Patriots are the only other team that's been, you know, the, the rumored to have, well, not rumored, it's been reported that yeah. they've met with him. So maybe he ends up there, but as long as he is a free agent, you just can't close the door on it. But I, there were definitely times where I, you know, during the offseason, I was like, it's like 1% chance. And now I'll probably go up to maybe 5%. This is just my assumption. I assume that offer sheet is on the table waiting for him. <laughs> wow. I, I assume that, that close? No, no, I, I'm not necessarily that it's that close. I'm saying, like, this is your price point. If you want to meet that, sure, we'd love to have you, but we can't, we can't go past that you're, dollar You're amount. waiting for them to – it's like what John was saying. Like, you're waiting for exactly. for, Dal, or for Zeke's party to come down for Dallas to make it happen. Yeah. Interesting. And then from his perspective, though, I kind of wonder, too, like, what other options he has out there because yeah. – like the role he had when he was drafted and then the role he would have now is just so different. Maybe he has a better opportunity to another team that where he's got a better chance to maybe be their lead ball carrier by the end of the season, you know, that maybe right now it doesn't look that way, but he signs with this team and you're like, Oh man, end of the season, Ezekiel, it was that team's leading rusher. You know, you might not expect it now because he's not on a team, but this stuff moves quickly. You know, would you want to see that Isaiah? Would you want to see Zeke back with the Cowboys? Yeah, I think it'd be obviously great for him, great for the for the team and the fan base. I don't see it happening. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, don't, I mean, yeah. they gave his number away immediately. Yeah, immediately. To a good player gone. too. Yeah, so it'd I mean, be hard to take that one away. I mean, that's not the only measure, obviously, but that's major. You know, that's, 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 that's in, for somebody who meant as much as organization as he did. They hurry up and got, gave that away. That that means something. So I don't really foresee that happening. And plus, there's a lot of really great opportunities around the league right now. That he that are kind of falling into his lap. So I think the longer he waits, the more leverage he gains. Unfortunately, there's injuries in this game, and uh, the more running backs that get hurt around the league, the higher his stock goes. So he's just really sitting back, chilling right now, not having to go through camp. That that is a great yeah. point. It is so true because they haven't even played any preseason yep. games yet, and there's just all. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. There's going to be freak injuries, and when that happens, there could be a team that you know was a contender that all of a sudden is like, man, if you come in right now, you can be the missing piece yep. to this team. And, and for him, how could you turn that down? I, I don't think he could. I really yeah. don't. Because I, I think that's what he's waiting for yep. at this point. He's waiting for that opportunity to arise, whether that's in Dallas, New England, insert name here of an injury that's, that has yet to happen. But camp injuries happen, especially at the running back position. Preseason injuries happen at the running back position. So we may not even see that, that, that saga come to a close until week two or three of the preseason, and then you finally – get a, a full lay of the land on what the NFL brings from a, a running back standpoint and what it would bring for Zeke going into to this season. But, all right, I like the talking points overall. We got we hit a lot there. When we come back, though, I want to continue with first impressions of the padded practices, and I want to talk a little bit more about this, this battle in the trenches and some of the youth up front. Uh, has anybody stood out? Because there's one name that I'm looking at right now that is starting to get some reps with the first-teamers that I did not expect coming into camp. We'll tell you about that a whole lot more when we come back with Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. 
Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic they say champions are remembered but legends are never forgotten united ag and turf offers a winning lineup of john deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field legendary john deere tractors combines residential mowers commercial mowers compact construction equipment gator utility vehicles and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment united ag and turf the official ag and turf equipment supplier of the dallas cowboys Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here with more Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. John Machota, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. What are you, what you, are you swindler, you. What? You're such a swindler. What did I do? You know, Fandango his way into getting a doggone Invisalign drop. No, that's not true. Mm. I had to pay full cash for my. Sure, you did. I 100% had to paid. <laughs> I had to. I had to something else. I got a little bit. Of all a of a sudden, down. Kyle gets Invisalign, and then all of a sudden next year they're their sponsor. <laughs> that's interesting. Mm. Just a little year, bit. I'm coming out suspicious. with straight curly <laughs> white. <Exactly> right. <laughs> Everybody's gonna get their teeth fixed. It's gonna be great. I'm trying to help everybody out. That's all. That's all. Uh, yeah, it, it's that in Quaker Oats, and I, I, I like coffee, so I mean, it all just kind of lines up, I doesn't see you, man. I it? See all kind of lines up. Right. We're also gonna in in the future of the second segment. We're I believe there's a rumor, just a rumor, okay. guys, that we're gonna get a text line for the first time in podcast history. A text, we'll, line? A text line where you can text in oh. from the the fans That's can cool. text to us directly, and we would see cool. on the text line. I heard our chat box be live, so, man. Yeah, I heard our chat box. It's, be it's legit. It's legit. We won't have it today, but I was going to take some fan questions, but we'll have to save that for, for another show. We'll, we'll, we'll do it on Friday is okay. what Beamer's promising. We'll, we're going to make that happen. Fridays be lit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say it with your chest Fridays. That's right. It's a, I'm it's looking a forward to that. Yeah. Got to yep. say it with your chest. chest Fridays, baby. <laughs> All right. Speaking of saying it with your chest, TJ Bass, offensive lineman, undrafted free agent out of Oregon. This is the, the kind of in-depth training camp coverage that you get on Talking Cowboys. Talk about undrafted free agents mm-hmm. on the guard spot. He's rotated in a couple times. He did so in rookie minicamp where, where he was running with the ones, at least the ones of rookies. He did so with OTAs. And now he's starting to, to rotate in a guard with, not, with no Zach Martin and the rotating in and out with Josh Ball at, at the right guard spot. Have you have you seen anything from TJ Bass and what he's brought to the table, John? And, and and has he impressed you at all? I'm trying to find a bright spot on the offensive line, and I think he might be one of them. I, I can't say that there's anything about him that necessarily jumped out to me, mm-hmm. but he was a guy that when they signed him after the draft, Nick Eatman was kind of making fun of me for this. That I went and got like a got him off to the side. You know how like in the locker room how the rookies aren't in there yet. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know the. PR staff was like, is there anybody else you want to talk to that they're not bringing out? And I was like, yeah, I kind of want to talk to TJ just because the position that he plays, mm-hmm. he was a guy that I want to say Dane Brugler might have had as a six-round grade on. But it was definitely a, a, a draftable grade. I had grade. a fifth-round grade Okay, maybe yeah, it might yeah. have been a fifth. Yeah. And so because of that, um, he's been a guy that I've kind of wanted to pay attention to. I just I really haven't as much as I've wanted because of in these first couple padded practices, I feel like more of my focus has been on the – you know, receivers and, and DBs and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously running with the ones is, is what is what you want, and he's going to get every opportunity mm-hmm. uh, for that. And, you know, in talking to him, it was one of those things where as you get later in the draft, you're not getting drafted. So 
and then you start getting calls from teams and it's like okay where do I fit what what team do I have the best chance to to get some playing time your agents talking to those teams and stuff like that and the Cowboys are obviously a good fit for him I haven't seen a lot of TJ Bass this week specific or in the last week specifically, but I will say where he comes from and the coaching that he comes from leads me leads me to have a lot of confidence in what he can do. Alex Mirabal, who was his offensive line coach that brought him into Oregon, he's now at Miami, and we'll dive into you know specific position coaches around draft time and why mm-hmm. those are so important. But Alex Mirabal is the best offensive line coach in the entire country, and for him to go into the JUCO ranks and pull TJ Bass out and make him a priority, that's a lot about what he can do and he started immediately as soon as he got to Eugene so um, you know just having that in his background even if he did go undrafted that leads me that leads me to a lot of confidence about what he can do has anybody else uh, in terms of the rookies has anybody else jumped out off the page whether it's offensive line or not just rookie class in general has anybody jumped off the page from for the, sure, the we could start with the duo of Jalen's, and yeah. honestly, you could you could trickle it down to the trio of Jalen wide receivers that have just had a good In week. general, yeah. Um, but uh, talking about the two rookies, Jalen Brooks and then Jalen Moreno Cropper, it was Jalen Moreno Cropper more so last week, and then once the pads got put on and we could be a little bit more physical out here, it was Jalen Brooks, and man, he's been fantastic through camp, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a lot more in the show. What do you think, Isaiah? Yeah, Brooks is the only one that really pops out for me right now. Mm-hmm. I think that he's he's shown up a few times. I like his I like his release. Off the line of scrimmage, I like his uh, ability to separate at the top of the route, and then obviously with his size, uh, he can he has strong hands. He has he's really strong at the point of uh, of the catch, and he's he's a good dude. I, I like him. You know, listen to him talk, have my opportunity to kind of talk to him a little bit. I like him. I like him. How can a tall, lanky wide receiver like that one grow into his frame? Because that's something that that Coach McCarthy and, and the offensive staff has talked about. I mean. There's a lot of times he's he looks very very long. He's just kind of yeah a, a little sloppy. He's raw. Let's say it that way. He's, okay. he's got this raw talent. How do how does he grow into that? And then two, how does his coaching staff unlock a an ability in the red zone to use him? Because he had one touchdown grab his final year at South Carolina. He played the entire season. Had one touchdown grab. It was a twenty yarder at Tennessee. That was it. That was the only one he had. So how do you unlock that a little bit? by putting him in situations to be successful in the red zone? Confidence and reps. Mm-hmm. Let him get his reps. Let him get confidence. I mean, from the things I've seen him do over the last few days, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't have success at this level, regardless of what he did in college. It's all about opportunities, all about the situation that you're put in, um, the the system that you're in, the person who's throwing you the ball. All those things matter, right? I mean, that's why I'm not a big stat guy because there's so many other things that affect it. Um, from what I've seen, he is a good fit here. Nobody – does what he does currently at that position group um, and they don't have anybody to fulfill that role mg is their goal guy really kind of sort of right now um cooks is going to cook people this year just just system alone with him is nasty cd's going to do what cd does and um they don't have a guy that they can really go up there and just say hey we're going to run you on a, on a seven step post it doesn't matter body up the guy and go grab it and that's who he is right now until somebody else uh, shows him up. So I look forward to seeing him in the preseason. He's starting to creep into that wide receiver conversation as far as making the team and being on this travel roster. When preseason comes around, that's when it's going to be, hey, prove your prove your keep on this roster and prove that you can make it happen in, in a game as well. And we've seen that happen a couple times out here, John. I mean, think about Simi Fajoko is a great example where in camp he looks great, he flashes, he's got this size, he's got this ability, and then all of a sudden it just – fizzles away uh, I, I don't want that to happen to, to Jalen Brooks but we've seen it a couple times before do you think he can continue what we've seen out here in whenever we get into preseason play yeah I do and I mean when I came out here if I was doing my wide receiver depth chart that I thought would make the 53 he was not on it but after these last few days I'm like oh yeah no he's absolutely in that mix with you know you mentioned Fahoko I think Jalen Tolbert's in a really good spot there and and, and Turpin's really impressed me out here yeah. um so they're not going to obviously keep seven wide receivers, so you know there's going to be an odd man out. But man, if you told me right now I had to cut down that roster, man, it'd be tough to keep Jalen Brooks off of it. There's a tough, there's a tough decision in a couple num- a couple positions, and there's there comes a time at camp where you start playing that game, where you start playing the cut game, and you start looking at how many defensive linemen are you going to take. You're going to want to take 10, 11 defensive linemen in general, and that includes edge rushers. You're going to want to take four or five linebackers. You're going to want to take four safeties. But then, where do you where do you take where do you cut down? What position group do you have to level it out with? And that's when it's going to get interesting with wide receiver because, like you said, there's no way they they can take seven with them. 
but there's going to have to be six guys that they're going to have to cut it down to at some point. And so an odd man out is, is certainly going to happen, not only at wide receiver, but at a couple positions, Isaiah. Yeah, a couple positions, but I'm, I'm keeping my eye on that receiver position just because him, I guess Jalen Brooks, obviously the, the battle of the Jalens, right? You got all the Jalens. <laughs> the trifecta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Jalen Brooks, specifically him versus Simi Fajoko, when I look at the two of them, the difference aside from the investment, the initial investment, Jalen Brooks seems more eager to contribute on special teams. Mm-hmm. Just just my observance. Mm-hmm. My observation. He he seems eager to actually go out there like and we asked about special teams, he's like, Oh yeah. Like like give me that. I didn't get that vibe from Simi when he first came in. Nor last year. Um, not to say that he wasn't willing, but it's, it, it's, there's something to be said about knowing how you're going to impact this team, knowing what's required to make this team, and then obviously being able to be effective in those roles. Those, they better get the conditioning up because they're going to be all over the place in preseason. They're going to be on the field for three quarters, and they're going to be on special teams and at the receiver. So they better get their conditioning in because they're going to be asked to not only have impact on offense but also make impact on special teams because that's how you're going to make this roster. None of the receivers at the bottom of this roster are going to just be offensive threats. Yeah. You have four receivers that are locked in. Call it how it is. You got four guys that are locked in. You got CD, you got Cooks, and you got Gallup, and you got Turp. Those guys are locked in. Those four. So you really you could argue it with a with it being a third round pick, Jalen Tolbert's probably the fifth. Tolbert's line. probably I mean with the camp that he's having, yeah, he's he's they're going to give him another opportunity. So call it five. So there's a battle for one spot, really, unless yeah. something just goes horribly wrong for, for Jalen Tolbert. Which I don't see right now. He's playing very confident. It looks like a totally different player. And plus, from last he, year. he has the leverage of being a top one hundred pick. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. It, it, he has time. They're not going to cut ties Correct. with a top one hundred pick. Correct. And, and so, yeah, that's what's that's what gets weird because we 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 got. We got to Oxnard, and one of the first topics was wide receiver four. Who's got it? And it feels like Turpin – or not Turpin. feels like Tolbert and I guess you could say Turpin have that wide receiver yeah, first four locked. room yeah. kind of locked up. But then it's now now the battle shifts to wide receiver six. Who is here and, and whenever they make that trip? And but that's to, what people don't, New York. people don't understand how m- mentally stressful camp is. Imagine being one of – I don't know how many guys they got, but 12 guys that receiver probably I'd imagine at camp. I haven't counted it up. And knowing that you're you're all going after one spot. It's the most stressful thing in the world. Mm. Every decision, if I go out there, I mean, I don't remember the tight end yesterday. There's a tight end that got in there, and he got in with the ones and false started. Immediately taken out. Is it Princeton Fant? I think it was 48. It might have been Fant. But immediately you're taken out. Like, no, that alone will beat you up for the rest of the week because, like, I lost the trust. They put me in a situation. I lost their trust. Now I'm going to have to do 10 positive things just to make up for that one. That's what you're dealing with every single day in terms of the stress of camp, man. You're literally, I better do this right. I better do this right. And it makes it almost impossible to just be you. So it's not until the preseason games really show up that you see the real version of these players. Camp is awesome. But when they get to the games, that's when they can literally relax and be like, okay, now I can play again. Right, and even then, you're still under so much duress. But it's people need to understand the stresses, man, of camp. It, it it's hard, and I think that's going on in every camp, every year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But for this team, particularly, like for me, it's this is clearly the best roster the Cowboys have had since I've covered the team from top to bottom. Mike McCarthy said the other day, it's going to be the hard. It's going to be a very difficult 53 cut. There's just so many spots that are already locked up that there's so many guys in those positions, like you're saying, that it's like. Yeah, you make one little mistake like that, and you're just like, man, is that the difference of me making an NFL team? Am I going to get another chance? Am I going to get an opportunity maybe with another team? Who knows what happens here? Because, yeah, this roster is, and like you know, we talked about earlier, there will be injuries, and, and that and that will shift things as well. But as it sits here right now, like, you know, I mean, obviously there were some good teams in 14 and 16 and stuff like that, but they were not as good from top to bottom. There were some weaknesses there, and, and they've done a good job of shoring up those areas. So there just isn't, when I look at this roster, there just isn't all those spots Oh, this guy might make it on special teams. This guy might help it out here. Like, there's just not that many spots available. Man, and, and even so, you're it's it's interesting hearing the the different viewpoints because you're you're seeing this from uh, an outside source, a beat writer working for the Athletic. But you could hear the stress 
on in your voice because hey, they they have this this roster, they have this opportunity to make this jump, and you want to you don't want to be left behind. I could hear the stress in Isaiah's voice mm-hmm. as a former player on the other side of it too, of of feeling that stress, going to sleep at night, and, and you don't want to put your your iPad away because you want to look at the, the no. next couple plays, and, and because you you want to end up in the right situation at the right time. And and you you mentioned how it beats yourself up for certain things, little things that you think, little mistakes that add up and that, that break mm-hmm. that trust between you and the coaching staff and how it bothers these guys for days. I can tell it, you've, you've got a couple of those yeah. those memories as well. Oh, absolutely. That um, there's, you up there's one play that I remember when I was with Seattle and I was up to obviously contract year, all this kind of stuff, and I was coming – actually the following year I was coming off an injury, and they put me in a situation in practice where they were looking for one guy to fill a role in terms of big plays, and they put me in for that play, and I freaking dropped the ball. Mm. I dropped it, and I knew when I dropped it, I was like, dang, that was it. Like, that was that was the – if I make that play, I'm their guy. You know, if I and don't if you make were given play, a chance, if you were given 100 chances to make that play, how many times you make? 99. 99 times you make that. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, but you, but you know, like, in your heart, and then – you're, you're, you're thinking over what could I have done differently? What did I do wrong? What, what would I change? And then it messes you up for another play. Mm. And then it snowballs, right? Then you start seeing guys that used to be confident. I mean, there's, there's guys, I'm not going to name their names right now, but there's guys that, you, that we saw last year playing with full confidence that are walking around with their head down right now yeah. because of situations that they're in, right? And you can see it on their face like they're stressing. Now, I, I know it, right? From the player standpoint, I'm like, they're in their own head. They I kind of want you to say that. Nah, nah, I'm not gonna say. You don't want to say it. Well, nah. I, I can just tell you when he was saying that. that I'm thinking of from last year. I'm thinking of Jalen Tolbert. Okay. Just like, you know, you come here and then Mike McCarthy wants you to play all three wide receiver spots, and that was a lot. And he admitted that, you know, in in I think it was after OTA practice one time in his locker room and I his locker about how there was just a lot, you know. And then <clears throat> I keep going back to you know that play in Green Bay where you know he lines up off sides and just like just yeah. you know that just is gonna beat you down and that's gonna weigh on you like. You know, I'm finally given this opportunity, and this happens. And like you just said, like it snowballs into where, like, now it starts affecting you here. It affects you in this in this part of the game, and, and my, you know, your preparation, things like that. And so, um, I do think that because of he, him having that experience, he gets to go in the off season. You know, work with Dak, get in the playbook, and everything like that, and and have a chance to rebound from it. But yeah, there's that that is a great point. Talking yeah. about the mental adversity aspect, if we're looking at all the guys that are vying for this last receiver spot. I, I like Jalen Brooks even more because of his the, the way he's approaching everything. He's like, look, yeah, I've had great days, but it's brick by brick. I gotta stack it. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. I'm very level headed. That's what he said a couple days ago when I pulled him off one on one, and that's what he said again yesterday whenever uh, we had him in media availability. So being able to have that mindset, I think, is gonna be what eventually helps in those situations. Yeah, I like him. Thirteen like receivers <laughs> out here right now. Thirteen <laughs> of them, and I feel like all of them have made some sort of storyline or headline at some point along. Away. When you say that, all I think of is like, okay, I wonder what the NFL record is of like what on, on, on cut day. What's the most receivers a team's ever kept? Like, has there been a team that kept Man. eight, like seven, eight receivers? Uh, you would have I know to, of. Yeah, you would have to. There's got to be stretch at other positions. That's the thing. Yeah. There, there are eight guys going for one spot. I, yeah. I, people, I don't think people get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I really yeah. don't think people get it. There's eight guys at that particular, at just that position group, going for one spot. Yeah. There's guys out here that are busting their butts every single day, giving it their absolute all, and they know they have zero chance of making this roster. And yeah. it's so competitive because it, let's say Jalen Brooks has a eh, day Thursday and Saturday, Ooh. doesn't have a great day. Yeah, he, He's right open. back there, yep. you know, and the door, oh. door's right back open, like you said. That's yeah, what, the thing is with wide receivers, a position that we all – can watch we all have fun there. watching yeah you know, like if and it's just if you mess up like you talk about dropping yeah. that pass like everybody sees it like whereas if you miss like a block you got some other guys around <laughs> oh you, people kind of hide a little bit yeah, that, but they throw to you and you, and you make and you drop that pass or whatever like that you just feel like every single eyeball is on you i mean you can go back to even last year in camp will greer was almost the backup no yeah, yeah. People Absolutely. don't people don't remember that like will greer was almost a backup he had a better camp he had a better camp mm-hmm. and an injury happened Right, an injury happened, and because that injury happened, now all of a sudden you're looking at a Cooper Rush who has a brand new contract. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, there were some days out here. You in know 20... what I'm saying? Like the stuff turns quick, that, yeah. man. There were some days out here in 2016 where Jamil Showers had a better day than Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's crazy to wow. think about now. Yeah. You know, but and then Kellen goes down, and just the way that whole thing came together, and just how fast that moved, and that's at the, you know, the most important position. So the NFL moves quickly. Yes, it and does. it waits for nobody. Nope. That's that's ultimately what it is. You have you better keep up or <laughs> get, get out of the way. Yep. And that's that's how it goes. All right. When we come back, one final segment. It's going to be a short one. We went a little long this time. Sorry, Beamer. But we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap things up, and we'll talk a little. 
little defensive line because that's another spot where cuts Crazy, are yeah. going to be tough coming up in the next couple weeks with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Time for the final segment of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Got the guns going. Love the oats, baby. Boom. Love the oats. The the Again, the RT, it's not an RTG. I guess what would it be? Just RTG? Uh, ready to go? RTE? Ready to eat? Ready to eat? Ready to eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, ready to eat. Yeah, we need some RTEs. How many, how many times we do a week? Are, is this an everyday thing? It, oh my it, gosh. You don't love it. I mean, I love Quaker. I can't eat breakfast. I just am not hungry in the morning. You are mad. <laughs> wow. It's the most important meal. Are you I know, serious? I know, I know. I don't eat like breakfast this. a lot. The, what time like, did you eat last night? I ate at that, that media party at probably like <laughs> okay. eight or nine. So eight, let's call it time eight is fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, eight o'clock. Right now it's right now it's what about to be ten o'clock, close yeah. to ten o'clock. Okay, so for the last fourteen hours, yeah, your body has nothing to eat off. Mm. It's got some water. 14 hours. <laughs> That's why breakfast is the most important meal yeah. of the day. Get your Quaker Oats. <laughs> All right, PSA. We got that was pretty good. He's That's a sponsor's it. dream. No, he really is. It's it's annoying. <laughs> oh, back here with Isaiah Stanback, the walking billboard. We've got Nick Harris. We've got John Machota. I'm Kyle Yeomans wrapping things up here on Talking Cowboys. And, I mean, the stress level is high for, for a lot of these guys at camp. And 13 wide receivers going down to six. Think about defensive line, and, and and I brought it up a little bit in the last segment. Uh, where do you where do you draw the line? And there are some big names that are going to be cut at, at some point, and and big bodies that are going to get cut. You think about a guy like Neville Gallimore, who was a, a third round pick. He is fighting for his spot on the roster with Mozzie Smith in front of him, Jonathan Hankins in front of him, and. I think Gallimore's actually had a solidified camp. I think he's done a decent job in the middle. He's he's provided a little bit of pass rush, but has has 
anybody else stood out to you on that defensive line as as stepping up to try and fight for for one of those roster spots? I wouldn't say. I mean, there's obviously been the guys that you're expecting to sure. have been wrecking shop, but. Yeah, when I look at the roster, I'm like, man, it's going to be tough for them to keep more than 10 mm-hmm. defensive linemen. And when I say 10, I'm, I'm counting Micah with that, even though on the roster they list him at linebacker. I think you have to now, yeah. right? So, yeah, so I look at, like, Neville Gallimore is a guy like you mentioned. Bohanna, maybe. Bohanna. Um, and then, obviously, that Chauncey Golston slash Fahoko, where they kind of play somewhat of a similar hybrid. I do think there's a good chance that both of them make it. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, it's, that is a tough spot when you look at from top to bottom. If everyone stays healthy, because that's always the thing. Like, you look at this, and we go into it, and it's, oh, yeah, no, that's because they're going to have everybody. And then you get out here, and, you know, uh, Sam Williams is missing some time, and then Doran Armstrong isn't. And then so you start moving some pieces around and things like that. But, man, when you look at that from top to bottom, Mike McCarthy said it yesterday. That's the, this is the best depth he's had on the defensive line in his coaching career. Mm. Um, so I just find it hard to believe that they could go more than 11, and, and I even think that that's going to be tough. Yeah, and we've talked about it a little bit, and I, I guess it's kind of throwing a wrench into this conversation a little bit, but th- it's so deep on that defensive line. Do you consider trading somebody out at some point? Yeah, that, that has to be on the table. Year. That has to be on the table. We said this last year. They should have yeah. did it last year. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity is still there to get offensive <laughs> yeah. line depth. If or running could, back. I'm yeah, not going to name names. Offensive line or running back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not going to name names, but there are a couple of guys on, on that defensive line that their max value is right now. Yeah. and go ahead and, and get a piece off of them. But, you know, we'll see. Do you think it's more likely that they go and sign somebody at one of these positions of need, or is it more likely that they use a surplus like defensive line, maybe some of these young linebackers that probably wouldn't get into the to the mix? Do you think it's more likely that they trade to go get a piece to, to help out some of these positions? I'm hopeful. Oh, I mean, I say it's fine. I understand what I say. Yeah, I, I want to be empathetic to guys because it's it's guys' lives when they have to get up and move. Okay, but it's a business. I feel as if Dallas missed an opportunity last year to be aggressive and trade away some of their defensive line assets. Mm-hmm. I truly do. I think they could have filled some gaps last year having that surplus of assets. This year, it's no different, except for the fact they've added two more guys in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. So you have two guys that history says they're going to be on the roster. Yeah. Okay? All right? And that's Fahoko and, and, and Mozzie Smith. All right? So those guys are going to be on the roster. They're there. So you add two more guys to a depth chart that was already stacked. I almost think it's as aggressive as this front office has been this offseason in acquiring pieces that are going to be instrumental to their success this year. I think that they won't – I think they have to have learned from their previous mistakes – i.e. mistakes from last year, not trading. I think they take that step this year and they be aggressive and they trade. Now, I believe that they'll allow a preseason game to go by just to remind everybody how valuable some of these guys are because it's going to be highly competitive at that position. Once you see how successful they are, I think that a lot of guys are going to be on that trading block. I think they're going to be packaged up and sent off most likely to acquire some assets that are, are of need because Dallas has a couple weak spots. I mean, their armor is doggone bullet, almost bulletproof at this point in terms of their roster, the way the roster is made up. Sure. There's a couple soft spots, right? If you have an ability to take some of those those hardened spots right, and fill those gaps, all of a sudden now all of a sudden, you got a Captain American shield. When you were saying that, the first thing I was thinking of was in 2018, they kind of had, they kind of felt good about a few of their DBs, um, not starters, but on their depth. And it was Charvarius Ward at the end of 2018. Wow. They traded him. Yep. And they did that for that Parker wow. Enninger. I want to make sure I got it right from Kansas City. They didn't get much out of Enninger at all. And then Ward ended up being pretty good. So that's all I'm just saying. Like, I'm just thinking of them trading somebody. And what will happen is, like, they'll end up getting in a spot where, they're on a team that doesn't have a lot of great defensive line depth, mm-hmm. and then they p- kind of play well, and then you got to hear about it like for the Forever. next, you know, whatever. Think about John Ridgway last year. I was just yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Big they Ridgway, was a, yeah, he yeah. was a draft pick, yeah. And, yeah. and basically he got plucked off of the practice squad roster by Washington, and all yeah. of a sudden he was stuffing the run against you yeah, a couple yeah. weeks yeah, later. Yeah. I mean, he was playing against you, yeah. and, I mean, you could tell. He I will to, say, though, I mean, as we, here, as we sit here today, though, like – if he's still on this team right now, I mean, he's in with that group too, where you're group. just like, I don't completely. They're, they're stacked, yeah. and that's and that's yeah. the reason why the whole conversation is here, right? It's just you have a surplus of assets, so right. use them to get what you need to cheer up your team. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thanks. And you didn't get anything out of Ridgeway. Which, nothing, no, which, nothing no. at all. You know, no. yikes! <laughs> and you gave you gave yikes. up money. Yeah. yeah, you gave up money to get him, and yeah. you got nothing for him. 
So that's what I'm saying. Learning from their mistakes of the past, what I consider mistakes of the past, and as aggressive as they've been this year to go out there and get Cooks, to get Gilmore, to be in the front office, like they're 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 not sitting back and waiting and getting the leftovers like they have in recent years. Stay aggressive. Keep that energy. Also, with that, um, McCarthy said the other day about that's part of the reason that they didn't they're not scrimmaging or practicing against another team is because he just wants to really see this first team go against mm. you know their first team offense first team defense because of how loaded you know this <laughs> we roster don't need is. other competition yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can beat each other up we don't which need yeah to go which often yeah leads to fights and things like that but yeah, yeah always <laughs> it got a little chippy yesterday it was yeah, good yeah. it was yeah, yeah. there's been a lot of competition yeah, yeah. they had a lot of one-on-ones they had a lot of seven on seven work so of course with the competition ramping up the chippiness ensued so for sure got to keep everybody separated got to keep everybody having having a productive session that's yeah. the one thing you want to avoid but it's been good and, and i think the, the camp energy is high i mean they're taking the field behind us and, and going through some walkthroughs and i think the the more that we get into this camp the more we're going to see that competition ramp up and we're going to see these guys really fall into roles because it, it, then it, it turns from a hope to a worry, to a concern, now then it's a, it's a desperation yeah. as camp goes along. For sure. If you get here, you get off the charter, everybody thinks we're making the, making the team. Right. And no, that's for sure. All of a sudden you're not. And yeah. that's, when, yeah. that's when things can, things can get a little bit wild. And that's when these next couple padded practices are really going to tell us who this team is and how they're going to be built. But that's going to do it for us. We're a little out of time. I feel like we could keep going. I got, Absolutely. we got all day. 45-minute podcast. It's it does fly. we got to get to the season fly, for the hour. Right. Yeah. But good news, we'll be back on Friday. we got one more show this week. We'll, we'll talk on Friday. We'll have another padded, practices to, uh, padded awesome. practice to go off of on Thursday, and then we'll keep on rolling going into uh, week number three Ooh, here in Oxnard. It'll Friday. be a game week yeah. at that point, by the way. Talking Cowboys is going to be well represented on that first preseason game. That's Isaiah right. Stanback is going to be in the booth. That's right. You so, nervous? Nervous. <laughs> uh, Stay fun. ready so you don't have to get ready. That's, That's it, it, man. Hey, there That's you go. Sleep with my drawers on. <laughs> Isaiah's in the booth for all three preseason games, all three of them. So he'll, he'll be with myself and Bill Jones for the first one. And then it'll be the same booth but flipping roles. I'll, I'll do play-by-play for the first one, uh, color second for the second one. So we'll flip roles. And then the third one, Michael Irvin, this one guy that played wide receiver here at some point. Sounds familiar. He comes in, kicks me out of the booth. It's okay. It's fine. I'll make it work. So it'll be Bill, Michael, and Isaiah for that third preseason game. So really excited about that. Lots to come. Going to be fun, but it is. We got one more show, then it's game week here on Talking Cowboys. For John Machota, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback. For Chris Bean behind the camera, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you on Friday with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?